Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I'm Luke Edwards, and this is our award-winning look at all things from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. Joining me this week, we once again have Alex Pereira. Hi, Alex. Hi, Luke. How you doing? I'm very, very well, thanks. I'm making a debut. Is Reading fan and part of the Football in Berkshire podcast is Abby Ticehurst. It's easy for me to say. Hello, Abby. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm very well. The last time we spoke, we were both drunk at the Football Content Awards, weren't we? <laughs> we were indeed. What a, what a hilarious, what a amazing, what an incredible night that was. Yeah. yeah. Do we have a chat at the bar? I can't even remember where we spoke to each other. I'm so sorry. I think I we were at the bar, weren't we? No, I spoke to at your table. Your... Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I spoke to so many people that I keep forgetting who I'd spoken to where. <laughs> no, we came over to your table. We were in a cheap seat, so uh, we just came over to your table afterwards. Um, <laughs> yes, no, I do remember now, I promise. <laughs> and, uh, you're also award-winning, aren't you? I am indeed. Um, my podcast, Football in Berkshire, won the Best in Non-League podcast. So double whammy for everyone this week of podcast winners. Excellent. And we're going to be talk- looking further down the pyramid as well or later on. And, and Abby's going to be talking about the game that she was at. But we're going to go back to midweek now. It was Conti Cup action. After a difficult start to the season, Manchester City got a much-needed win to remain top in Group B as they beat Championship leaders Durham by three goals to nil. Philippa Angeldahl put the hosts ahead and Caroline Weir marked her 100th City appearance by doubling the lead. And Canadian international Janine Becky rounded off the scoring to ensure that City retained their 100% record in the competition so far. For Durham, they failed to register a shot on goal. And Abby, does this show how big the gap is between the top end of the championship and the WSL? Because Durham have gone really well this season. Yeah, I think Durham are one of those teams that seem to, they're always the bridesmaid and the bride, aren't they? they? They're always in and around that kind of top end and they always have a really good start to their season, don't they? And then it sort of just tails off at the end. So I don't know, they're having a good run and I think, I mean, they didn't register any shots, but I think they had a, they had a good go against City and considering how kind of injury depleted City, City are right now, kind of, it wasn't necessarily there for their taking, was it? But it was definitely worth a go for them. Um I think you have to give credit to the Durham keeper, though. I ha- I have looked back on highlights and stuff like that, and she deep she made some decent saves. So actually, I think it's decent that they kept it three 0 really. Yeah, and a good experience as well for Durham, I suppose, as well in, in in terms of playing teams like that. Because if they do get promoted, they'll be facing the likes of Manchester City every week, won't they? Yeah, exactly. And as you say, it's just it's good experience for them. Kind of, I think they're probably watching how Leicester are getting on right now, aren't they? And seeing how they're doing really to kind of compare to if they do. And I don't see why they wouldn't kind of go up next season, kind of who they are going to be facing. So, yeah, it's uh, whilst 3-0 is obviously not ideal and kind of that puts it, I think that's C at the top of the uh, table for Conti Cup. As you say, good experience for Durham. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of the other teams in the Championship will have a say about whether Durham go up or not. We'll review all the results of that later on. Elsewhere in Group A, first half goals from Grace McCatty and Holly Manders helped Sunderland move to the top of the group after a 2-1 win over Blackburn Rovers. New Everton boss Jean-Luc Vasseur won his first game in charge of the Toffees beat women's Super League strugglers Leicester City. Everton went 2-0 up in the first half thanks to goals from Anna Amvigard and Izzy Christensen. Ashley Plumtree got one back for Leicester late on, but Valerie Golvan restored Everton's two-goal cushion in the 87th minute, and it was a seventh straight defeat for Leicester City in all competitions, and they remain without a point in the WSL after promotion from the Championship last season. 
Elsewhere, Liverpool extended their tally to four points as they defeated championship rival Sheffield United 5-3 in a penalty shootout after a goalless 90 minutes. The Blades have also lost on penalties to Sunderland this season. That was in their opening group game and they have two points in total so far. Moving on to this weekend's action and the WSL was back after a three-week break. There were two games on Saturday as Chelsea climbed level on points with Arsenal at the top of the WSL after a 1-0 victory over Aston Villa at the Banks Stadium. Jess, Le- Jess Fleming's first half goal was enough for Emma Hayes' side to clinch a fourth successive win in all competitions. And it was a pretty dominant performance from Chelsea and left Villa, who are winless now in four failing to register a shot on target despite exerting some pressure late on. Alex, this was a big win for Chelsea, wasn't it? As Despite Villa's form, it is a really tough place to go, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a particularly a place where Chelsea don't always do so well, so it was really good for them to get the three points. But they probably should have scored a few more. They had chances to... Like, you just... With the way the WSL has been this year, it's so competitive at the top that Chelsea need to grab every point that they can get, really if they want to stand a chance of winning the title back-to-back-to-back. Yeah, and Emma Hayes has been quite critical of her side recently, and she was a bit critical again on Saturday. She said their game management could have been a lot better, but was also delighted with a second clean sheet in a row. It's that drive and determination from her, isn't it, to do better. That's what that's what makes her so special, isn't it? Yeah, and that's how the top managers succeed. They're not happy with complacency. And Emma Hayes is one of those managers where she's like, yeah, we're winning and we're keeping clean sheets, but it's not easy. It's not easy pickings. We we need to work hard and we need to fight for these wins and we need to show that we are competitive and we deserve to win. And a massive game next week as Chelsea take on Manchester City. And they've also got that psychological edge, haven't they, from winning in that FA Cup semi-final last weekend? Yeah, and... And given Man City's run of injury forms and perhaps their league performance, you would say Chelsea definitely have the upper hand. But we've seen Manchester City come into a bit of form in the Conti Cup. So I think Chelsea will go on and get the win, but perhaps it won't be as easy as it might be or they might be thinking it will be. Yeah, and for Villa, despite the recent run, Carla Ward, she'll be really pleased, won't she? A solid start, seven points from six games. Yeah, I mean, Villa definitely had chances to equalise as well, so it wasn't all just one-sided for Chelsea. And I think if Villa can really start putting a few performances together, putting teams under pressure, then, you know, seven those seven points from six games perhaps might be, I don't know, 15 from nine or something like that. Yeah, and, and I think that's been a big problem for Aston Villa recently, hasn't it? In that they, they have created sort of half chances and, and shots off target, but not had anyone to put the ball in the back of the net. So that's something that they'll be looking to improve on over the coming weeks. In the other Saturday game, Brighton moved up to third momentarily. They won 1-0 at Everton to ruin Jean-Luc Vasseur's first home game in charge of the Toffees. It was an Aileen Whelan second half header, which gave the Seagulls all three points. And it was a fairly even game with chances of plenty for both sides. But ultimately, Whelan's goal and Brighton's determination meant that Hope Powell's side recorded their fifth clean sheet in nine games. That is in all competitions this season. Everton remain eighth in the table with just two wins from six games. And Alex, we've talked about Brighton before and we've talked about them being dark horses, but they've gone under the radar a little bit, haven't they? 
Yeah, and I think it's nice to see a team like Brighton challenging for the top four because sometimes it'd be quite set with Chelsea, City, Arsenal, Spurs. So for Brighton to sort of break that mould, it shows that, you know, yeah, there are teams at a higher level, but there are also teams who can match the teams at the higher level. And yeah, the Everton manager will be a little bit disappointed that he lost his first home game. And although there's been a little bit of fortunes in terms of the management change, it's still too early to say what success he's going to have because we've only seen him manage two games. So it's very difficult to see what his managerial style will be like. For Brighton, what realistically can they achieve this season, do you think? I think the sky's the limit for Brighton. Like the great thing about them is there's no pressure on them to do anything. Like there's no pressure on them to win trophies. Of course, every team wants to win a trophy. There's no pressure on them to to get top four. So I would say anything's possible for them to achieve, really. Yeah, you spoke about. Um, it's early days for Jean-Luc Vasseur, but he did speak this week about wanting to win titles at Everton. And he also, he has demanded ambition from his players and also patience from the club. So, Abby, how big a job has he got in his hands, do you think? Big, I think, really. I can't, I'm really disappointed to see Willie Kirk go, firstly, to be honest. I think he's a fantastic manager and I think maybe that's a little bit of oversight for Everton, really. It's a real shame. And the trouble is, there's obviously a new coach coming in. He's going to have his kind of style of play, his coaching style. And Willie Kirk obviously recruited well over the summer. I think 11 new players came in for Everton. So he's got to kind of get used to having a whole kind of new squad. They've got to get used to having a new coach. So I this season, I don't think we'll see kind of much from Everton, really. And actually, they've kind of they're bottom, they're near the bottom of the table right now, which is kind of very different to we kind of well as a Reading fan. Also, we kind of played cat and mouse with them last season with positions, and then they kind of they kind of jumped in and stole the spot spot of sixth place, I think it was in the end. So um, yeah, I think it's a real shame that we've seen Willie Kirk go. But yeah, I think mate, I'm not expecting big things from Everton this season. They've got lots of building to do, I think, um, within the squad and just getting getting to know the the, the coach. So yeah, maybe next season. I, I mean, I appreciate a kind of um, an ambitious coach. That's great to see, of course, absolutely. But yeah, I think it, they'll be an interesting team to watch this season, definitely. Yeah, he did speak when he went to Leon. Basically, he was he was. He already had a good team there and it was, it was almost like he was giving the keys to Ferrari and he just said to him, don't crash it, which he didn't manage to do, which was good for him. But do you think his ambitions can be met at Everton? Um, I've, I don't see why not. But as I said, I think it's going to be a bit of a long ball game, really. I, I don't think you can expect that this season, absolutely. But maybe two, two three seasons down the line, maybe maybe not that many. But yeah, absolutely. There's, there's every chance that they can really kind of push and be a real kind of contender team. Maybe not a title contender but definitely up in that kind of top four top five so I don't know we'll see I think Abby summed it up pretty nicely I think the way it works with managers and football these days they're not really recruited for the long haul they're they're recruited for a couple of seasons and then if they don't perform then they're out and then you're scrambling to find someone to replace them so I think it's really important they give the new Everton manager time to sort of lay his foundation lay his mark, how he wants the team to look, what formation he wants to play before, um, like, if if things don't go to plan in the first couple of games, like, you need to give the manager time to adjust to the league and things like that. The early kick-off on Sunday saw an injury time equaliser from Rio Percival. 
of Tottenham Hotspur deny Manchester United at the very death. And it meant that Spurs leapfrogged Brighton to go back into third place. Spurs did fall behind in injury time in the first half, thanks to a brilliant goal from Alessia Russo. If you get a chance to see it, do check it out. She weaved past a couple of players and absolutely blasted it in from the near post angle. But Percival's free kick in the end evaded everyone and managed to find its way through past Mary Earps. And... That was a massive result in the end for Spurs, wasn't it? And a great result for Ryan Skinner. We, we spoke about Spurs, could they keep it up? They've had a couple of setbacks over the last couple of weeks, but to come back and get a draw against Manchester United, it is something that they wouldn't have done last season, would it? No, like, it's just one of those things. Spurs is sort of that team that are in the top four that are kind of up and down in a nice way because it makes it a little bit interesting. But yeah, definitely, if this was a Spurs team from last season... I don't think they would have felt the desire as much to go on, get that equaliser, get that point, get back into third. And it's it's kind of refreshing to see. But it's also nice to see United, after having a couple of bad games against some of the big teams, that, you know, although it's, it's a point, it's a point gained rather than three points lost. Rianne Skinner's doing a fantastic job, isn't she? I mean, we sing her praises, but we've got to keep mentioning her, I suppose, haven't we? Yeah, I think, you know, she's just one of those managers that's sort of coming into her own now, finding finding more works for her as a manager. And I'm sure in time, the right results will come for Rianne Skinner and Spurs. But at the minute, you can't say they're doing too badly, but obviously they'll want more. Yeah, and the draw as well, it denied Manchester United the chance of moving up two thirds, so they stay in fifth position. They are only two points behind Spurs, and it is it's quite tight, isn't it, Abby? Especially around that third, fourth, fifth position. Yeah, it's really competitive this season. And I actually think that's quite refreshing to see because obviously we're kind of so used to there just being a real sort of two horse race between Chelsea and City that actually it's as I said, just quite refreshing to kind of see that kind of the race between kind of three four five teams really so yeah it's a a real competitive and I think that's just a kind of credit to women's football really in general actually that that kind of competitiveness and um the kind of skill level and everything like that and just yeah the kind of drive till kind of the 90th minute is really showing this season as well so yeah it's really great to see and we're recording this podcast on a Sunday evening but we do know the result of the Arsenal-West Ham game because it has just finished and Arsenal have won by four goals to nil, which means they moved three points clear of Chelsea once again. It was Kim Little scored twice. Beth Mead, who'd hit the woodwork either side of the break, she added a third before Grace Fisk own goal. Rounded off a difficult day for the Hammers and Abby, yeah, I know you were keeping your eye on this game and a really dominant performance once again from Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. And it was just a case of Kim Little doing Kim Little things, really. Um, she's just a phenomenal player, isn't she, really? Just, there's not a bad word to be said about. She's a nice person as well, isn't she, as well? That's not That's got to be said too. She's just a proper nice person. But yeah, she's absolutely clinical and she really did run that kind of right-hand side and just just the little extra touches here and there that were needed for her to then kind of slot those those two goals home were, were really nice. And as you said, Beth Mead kind of hitting the, hitting the post twice. She was 
so determined to get that goal it was definitely coming so yeah there was no no qualms about her kind of getting that third goal at all so yeah just yeah really solid Arsenal performance and Grace Fisk yeah so she she came on for Sissoko because she was on a yellow card and she was putting in some um interesting tackle tackle shall we say she's always a, a keen kind of defender isn't she so um yeah I think that was a kind of um, player management move there. Up until that point, Grace Fisk had had a really great game as well, and she'd made some really solid kind of def- like been really solid defensively and put some really decent tackles and stuff like that. And yeah, I think it was just a case of the ball, the, the Arsenal ball came in and she kind of tried to parry it away, and actually it just ended up straight in the back of the net. So yeah, it was really, really it was a bit disappointing to see, and you could just see on on her face as well that how gutted she was that it had gone in. But actually, that said, West Ham looked very convincing as well in the first kind of half an hour or so. It was kind of a very matched matched game, really, and they had some chances themselves as well. So they could have. This it's a bit, bit of a shame that they didn't end up on a score sheet, really, because um, it definitely looked like there was goals coming. But yeah, um, Arsenal just continuing that lead at the top. Yeah, Arsenal have now scored fifty goals in just fourteen games in all competitions this season, and we speak about it a lot because. They, they brushed aside sides like West Ham last year, but it was the big teams they couldn't beat. And it, they're starting to prove that they can. It's, it's a different Arsenal this year, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, all credit to Joe Montemurro. He's a fantastic coach and everything. But actually, I think Jonas Eideville coming in has really kind of refreshed the team a lot. And they've got this new kind of drive and this new ambition about them. And there's a kind of different sort of energy amongst the team. And just, yeah, it's just... a. Uh, it's the first whistle that the kind of start whistle goes and then they're just all kind of cylinders firing from zero to 90 the whole time and everybody wants wants a, wants a go at goal and I think the fact that you can rest Miedemar and then bring her off the bench at the 80th minute is just absolute madness isn't it and obviously it's totally kind of wanted because she's she, she deserves the rest doesn't she she's a superstar so she's been busy um but yeah the fact that you kind of have the the bench that they have as well as the starting 11 is just yeah really it's frightening to be honest mm. so um I'm scared for when Reading play them again because I mean yeah they were convincing when we played them last time so yeah yeah filthy stuff from the Gunners at the minute and Alex, a bit like Spurs, really. West Ham, although they've had a blip today, they've um, they've improved a lot from last season, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. I think today is one of those days where, if you're a West Ham fan, whether of both the men's and the women's team, you're in a bit of mixed emotions because the men obviously went on to win three two against Liverpool, and the women sadly lost four nil to Arsenal. But you know. Football's one of those things, you can't have everything go perfect. And Arsenal, 50 goals in 14 matches across all all formats of the game, that's that's a phenomenal stat. Um, but, you know, maybe next time West Ham play them in the league, you know, there might be the ones that have finally beaten Arsenal in the league. You never know. Like, Of course, they'll be disappointed to have lost 4-0. But they'll be pleased to know that, like Abby said, they were competitive for parts of the game. So now they've just got to look to make that more consistent. And when they do have momentum in the, in games and they're challenging teams like Arsenal, they've got to take that chance and make it count. Yeah, let's look at your team now, Abby Reading. It was a vital win for them as they went to Birmingham and won by three goals to nil. Natasha Dowie. Open the score and she pounced from point blank range. 
just a minute into the second half. And then two goals from Deanne Rose made it a convincing win in the end for Reading, who had started well in the first half before Birmingham came back into it. And as I say, they went in level at the break. But eventually, Reading pulled away, didn't in the second half, and a much-needed win. Yeah, it's a real kind of brow-white moment for us, really, because that Conti Cup game before the international break was just, I mean, the less we say about that, the better, really, against Bristol. But you're yeah, still, You're it, still upset about it now, aren't you? Oh, no, I really am. <laughs> I'm so traumatised by Conti Cup, honestly. We just never do well in it. So, yeah, it's just pure trauma for me. Um, but yeah, as you say, a really kind of vital three points. And <clears throat> I was really hoping that because we had some decent momentum before the international break that it would carry on. And so this kind of three gap kind of filled me with fear slightly, but no, with a convincing win definitely against, against Birmingham and and much need, I guess, Birmingham are kind of in a bit of a sorry state at the moment, aren't they? More so than Reading, I guess. So um, yeah, it was really important that we went there and and got those three points. And it's just like Deanne Rose has been such an important signing for us and a lucky one as well, because she was phenomenal at the Olympics and was a real game changer for Canada, I think. So she's been a game changer for us. And I really like the fact that she's kind of playing more centrally now as well, because she was initially playing sort of a bit more right-sided and actually I don't think that suited her particularly. Whereas now she's kind of, central and it's really making a difference and you can see that today and obviously she's netted her first two goals for us including a header which I'm really jealous about that's the kind of goal that I want to score really so um yeah I really yeah really really pleased that we've kind of secured these points today do you uh, are you like me though when you go to head the ball do you just shut your eyes and hope for the best no I love a header that's all I've got like that's my only thing as a player I haven't got the feet for football really so yeah my head's my head's my thing in fact last weekend I played and I made a cracking goal line clearance to deny them the fifth goal of the game so no I am a solid like I, I love a header somebody who will <laughs> who will feel a bit of a let off do you think is is Kelly Chambers now after that win I mean I know she's been a stalwart at the club and as manager but do you think she's been under pressure a little bit yeah, absolutely. And I have aired my grievances on Twitter enough times. I think, honestly, any, I don't know how controversial this is, but I think if she was at any other team, she'd have been gone by now. But because, as you say, she is such a stalwart of Reading and she is, I, I love her as a manager. And I also love that she's kind of come through the ranks as kind of like a, as a player. And then kind of when we moved into the WSL, when we, when we won the championship, she became the manager as well. But yeah, as I said, if she was at any other team, like just look at Willie Kirk, for example, she'd have probably been gone by now. So I think she will be breathing a sigh of relief this week, definitely. But one game's not not enough for me personally. So this kind of run needs to continue, I think. Yeah, normal host Liv won't be too happy with you. She uh, she loves Kelly Chambers. So she if she was here now, she'd be taking you to task. But uh, <laughs> Liv will be back next week hosting the podcast she'll have had. Uh, you've had enough of me, haven't you? You've had four weeks of me. So let's get Liv back on next weekend. And the other game in the division was another defeat for Leicester City. They are the team keeping Birmingham off the bottom of the table at the minute. They did get off to the perfect start against Manchester City. Former Manchester United player Jess Sigsworth got them off the mark in the first minute of the game. But then Manchester City buoyed by that Conti Cup win, as we mentioned during midweek. Rod back, Caroline Weir and Kira Welsh got them in front before half-time. Lauren Hemp and Laura Coombs extended the advantage. And in the end, Manchester City ran out comfortable winners. And Gareth Taylor said it was their best performance of the season and that he really enjoyed watching them. And for Leicester, it's... Um, 
it's been a rude awakening for them, hasn't it, Abu? I mean, we mentioned about the championship and the, the um the sort of the the gap in a way, and Leicester dominated the championship last year. And we said teams in the championship would be looking at how Leicester are doing. Well, at the minute, they've invested heavily, but they are struggling. Yeah, absolutely. I think people maybe sometimes underestimate the the huge jump it is from the championship to the WSL. And I think maybe in the in the years to come, in the next couple of years, actually it will become less of a jump. But right now it is still massive. Um, but like you say, Leicester have made some big investments. And I think actually if they don't end up going down this season, which would be a real shame, um, I think they are definitely ones to watch because, as you say, that, that that investment is really vital and they are clearly very much kind of about the development. Leicester is a real great example of a club that kind of really cares, isn't it? And kind of the, the um, club owners are very personable, aren't they? And you can see the passion that they have for the whole club. And I think the fact that... Um, Leicester at the bottom of the table is a bit of a shame but yeah we'll we'll see how they get on I think I'd really love them to stay in the WSL just to see how they do develop in the next couple of years so yeah they're ones to watch yeah and Alex Gareth Taylor he said they saw the best of them when they went 3-0 up and the confidence and positional play was very good and that's two wins out of two now it relieves the pressure on him a little bit ahead of that big game against Chelsea next week yeah he was definitely feeling the pressure because got knocked out by Chelsea in last season's FA Cup, which is being played this year. A bit confusing. And they hadn't had the best run of form in the league. And like last week we were saying, for them to really challenge for a good top four place, they'd literally have to win every game from now to stand a chance. So yeah, Gareth Taylor will be feeling a little better, but he knows there's still more work to be done and the pressure isn't quite off Manchester City yet, despite winning quite comfortably. We're going to move on and look at the championship next. (sighs) So let's talk about you. Actually, let's talk about me just for a bit, because I was like you. In 40 odd years, I hadn't done much exercise, but I knew I had to start. So I got the Couch to 5K app. From not being able to run for more than a minute, nine weeks later, I was running for half an hour. It's simple, it's free, and it's all planned out. With a little support, it's amazing what your body can do. Join thousands of monthly users. Download the free One U Couch to 5K app now, because there's only one U. And in the championship, it's a day of regrets, I think, for a lot of teams. We talked about Durham being at the top and other teams looking behind them, and can they stop Durham? Well, Durham did slip up in the end. They lost 3-1 at Crystal Palace. Palace got off to a flying start. Bianca Baptiste in the fourth minute, and then... Cheval Marie Wilson got a second on 18 minutes. Becky Saliki got a goal back on 81 minutes before Millie Farrow finished off the job in the fourth minute of stoppage time. That win moves Crystal Palace up into fifth position. And as I say, it was Durham's second defeat of the season. So could Liverpool take advantage? Well, no, they couldn't. They could only draw 0-0 at home to a Blackburn Rovers. A bit of a surprising result that it meant that obviously Liverpool moved a point closer to Durham, but they'll be they'll be ruined, won't they? I think, Abby, that they, they couldn't win that game and go top and, and sort of stamp their authority on that division. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a real kind of pressure on Liverpool, isn't there, to be back in the WSL and kind of a pressure on them generally just because 
the investment doesn't seem to be there despite them being such a big club so actually really you th- when you think of Liverpool you do think they should be kind of up the top of the table of the WSL in and around the kind of the big teams but yeah so I think they'll they'll be surprised at that that um, nil-nil draw to to Blackburn really. London City Lionesses were probably the big winners of the day. They won 2-0 away at Sunderland. Carly, Girasoli and Rihanna Jarrett with the two goals there. That moves them up into third position. Sheffield United and Charlton, they drew 0-0. So that was a missed opportunity for them. Neil Redfern was quite bullish in the week after Sheffield United's heavy defeat last weekend. He said they were looking to bounce back and they were in a good place. However, they couldn't get past Charlton, who again missed an opportunity to move up the table. Big result for Watford at the bottom, wasn't it, Alex? We spoke about their 2-2 draw. They came back late on last week against Crystal Palace who scored two late goals that that got them going for the season. And then they won 2-1 at Lewis. And they had to come from behind in this game as well. Frida Aisi gave Lewis the lead. Emma Beckett's penalty on the 10th minute before. Leanne Bell on 81 minutes got them the win. And that means they leapfrog Coventry United who played Bristol City on Monday evening. But... Talk about newly promoted sides, Alex. And that was a massive win for Watford, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's about that momentum thing. Sometimes teams just need that one match where they're like, okay, we've got this. And then they can take that belief forward. And I think that's what happened this week as well. So they had a good result against Palace and they had the good result this week. So they've taken four points from a possible six. So for them, the only way is up, really. Yeah, and I'll be the championship. It seems to be the same every season, but it is really, really tight, isn't it? Once again. Yeah, it's always, I can't, I mean, it's arguably more competitive than WSL, isn't it? So again, it's really kind of nice to see that there's there's teams in and around and kind of the, the table itself is looking really interesting. And there's not really much separating, I guess, kind of bottom two Watford and Coventry are struggling, aren't they? But really there's only sort of eight points, I think it is, between top and 10th. So yeah, again, it's really exciting to see such a competitive division. There was just one game in the National League. It was in the National League North and it was a comprehensive win for Burnley. They won 2-0 away at Stoke, which moves them up into sixth position. And the only game scheduled to take place in the National League South was between Chichester and Celsius and Plymouth. And that game was called off. Uh, we're just Before we move on, we're just going to look at all the teams who are through to the next round of the FAWNL Cup as well. That was played on Sunday. So through to the next round are AFC Fylde, Billericay, Brighouse, Chichester and Celsi, Crawley Wasps, Derby, Hashtag United, Huddersfield Town, Liverpool Feds, Loughborough Lightning, MK Dons, Norton and Stockton Ancients, Oxford United, Southampton FC, Southampton Women's and Wolves. And we like to look down at the, uh, the grassroots and further down in the game in general and, and other divisions. And Andrew Rayburn, who's a regular on this podcast, he went to New London Lionesses as they hosted Whiteleaf in the London and Southeast Premier Division on Sunday afternoon. But the visitors won by two goals to one. Echo Barrett and Amy Reader got the goals for Whiteleaf, who are out of the relegation zone after back-to-back wins. And after the match, Andrew spoke to Whiteleaf midfielder Suzanne Davis, who won the division with Crawley Wasps in 2018. And they talked about their upturning form and the upcoming women's football weekend. 
Well, I'm here with uh, Whiteleaf midfielder Suzanne Davis after their 2-1 win at New London Lionesses. Susie, uh, a great win for Whiteleaf and that's now back-to-back wins in this division. Uh, really kick-started your season. Yeah, definitely. Really, really happy to get the win again today. We worked very, very hard um, as we did against Dulwich last week. So um, really pleased to win. We've, uh, we're a new team. A lot of new players have come in. Um, and so we always knew it was going to take us a little bit of time to gel and a little bit of time to to sort of get playing together as a team. But hopefully that's starting to happen now. Yeah, and of course a little bit of uh, of, a, of a history lesson really because Whiteleaf came up into Tier Five sort of a few seasons ago, having got back-to-back promotions themselves. Um, so you know it's obviously trying to establish themselves still at this level. Um, you're a former Crawley Wasp player who's won this division before, so you know you're going to be key early, aren't you, in, in trying to help establish this team as one of the senior players in this division yeah definitely I think I think the league is definitely stronger from when we won it with Crawley a few years ago but it's a better league for it there's some really really good teams in it um, everyone seems to be beating each other at the moment as well so um, we know that we can kind of take points off anyone and it's just about having that belief in us and the belief in the coaches and the system that we're playing. So let's rewind then to the previous game against Dulwich, a, a 1-0 win um, that was a really sort of um, gritty, intense, well-organised performance against a very good side away at Ch- you know, Champion Hill there in front of a good crowd. Um, how much of a boost did that give the team? Oh yeah, it gave us a massive boost I think because Dulwich, you know, they've got a great setup there. They're one of the teams that, at the beginning of the season, you know, were looking to probably push on uh, to try and win this division. So for us to go there and to put in the performance that we did, it was it was really really positive. Especially after you know a few results against sort of teams in and around us at the bottom where we haven't probably played our best. Actually, to go there and get that result against Dulwich was a real real confidence boost for us. And then, as is always the way with these sort of uh, divisions, um, suddenly you're you're matched up again with them next Sunday. Um, this time at home in the reverse fixture um, so again you'll be looking for, for something similar I guess oh yeah definitely I'm sure they're going to be very very up for the game but we'll have to just uh, execute the same game plan that we did before um, make sure that we work hard and yeah we know we can beat them now so we'll, we'll take confidence from that and of course Whiteleaf have been sort of there or thereabouts in the sort of top half of the division for the last couple of seasons but as you say that you know that sort of churn of players and, and bringing in you know new young talent um, like you said it's, it's just got to I guess bed in and you know you're starting to find your feet now aren't you? Yeah definitely like as I said like lots of new players have come in we've got some great young players as you said um, and it was always going to take time for us to settle as a team um, we were never going to you know be able to kick on straight away with the new players that we had it was going to take us time to to gel and I think hopefully we're starting to do that now and so obviously as we've been discussing this weekend is women's football weekend um, home to Dulwich Dulwich are going to uh, bring a few you'd expect because they're well supported at home Um, but I presume you'd love to see some of the local community come down and support you as well yeah definitely yeah it's great to play in front of a crowd it's great to have that support from um, the supporters and and it's always nice to play with a bit of atmosphere so that would be great yeah and you've played in some big matches in your in your career. A few uh, few county cup finals, including one you scored in. You've <laughs> yeah. you know you've, you've, you've played at, at national league level. So uh, you know you've, you you want to stamp your own authority on this season as well, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think on a personal level, I want to make sure that I add keep improving in my game try and get a few more goals and assists in which have probably been lacking at the moment but hopefully things are coming together now and we can we can push on from here and it's great to see football is alive and well down further in the pyramid and Abby you're at a game as well we're in the southern region women's football league it was uh Elvisley in California versus New Milton Town yes it was indeed so um one of my many hats that I wear includes covering 
women's football in Berkshire and not strictly Berkshire actually before anybody has a go at me um Eversley actually are in Hampshire but the California part means that they're a Berkshire side (laughs) um so as I wasn't playing today I went along to go and watch one of the many teams that I write about um it was actually it's set to be a good game because um, I think they're either side of each other in the table. Um, I would like to start with an apology to New Milton because I was a little bit late to the game and that meant I actually missed their first goal. Um, so, yes, apologies. I did have to do a kind of a re- redacted tweet to them to say, sorry, it was actually 4-0, not 3-0 as I thought. Um, but, yeah, uh, a really kind of convincing performance by New Milton, actually. And um, they... Played some really nice kind of, I mean, it sounds a bit generic to say, doesn't it? But they played some really nice passing football, basically. They were just very good at kind of finding the gaps and finding the spaces and making the runs in the right places. Um, and so they looked very kind of convincing in front of goal. But actually, equally, the the Eversley goalkeeper, she made some fantastic saves. So they could have very easily got more goals than four. But if it wasn't for their really, um, Eversley's great keeper. Eversley had some chances as well. They just couldn't seem to get that final product for some reason, which was a shame. Um, some really nice balls over the top and just yet yeah, their um, their strikers just couldn't seem to quite get on the end of it. So it's a shame. They they definitely could have could have had some goals themselves. But yeah, it, it ended 4-0 to New Milton in the end. Uh, yeah, and obviously, as we mentioned, it's the, the Women's Football Weekend coming up as well. And it's such a big weekend, isn't it, in the women's game? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited. I mean, I've I'm always excited for women's football. Every weekend's women's football weekend for me. <laughs> are you are you but beyond excited? I am beyond excited. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a real exciting. I guess it's different this year, isn't it? Because we where we've now got the the Sky and the BBC deal, um, staggered fixtures is a bit more of a thing now isn't it and we have like our Saturday afternoon fixture and then we have a Sunday evening fixture whereas beforehand the kind of two years that we've had of women's football weekend it's been a big thing that they've staggered the fixtures so it's going to be interesting to see how they market it differently this year and it's been really nice to see lots of adverts as well kind of about the place uh, showcasing it Um, so I think it's this is a real chance for lower down the kind the the pyramid to really make make a go of the fact that it's women's football weekend and do a, a real kind of advertisement of the fact that women's football is so fantastic. And actually, I think you kind of have seen that a lot, kind of reflected in if you look at attendances this season as well. They're really creeping up, kind of the further down the table, sort of national league and things like that. You're getting a thousand plus fans at a lot of games. Um, <clears throat> Wimbledon, I think, are doing pretty well in terms of their fan attendance and Northampton Town have had some really great attendances. I think Brighouse have as well. So yeah, you can definitely see the growth of spectators is is building. And I think that's a real important thing to jump on with Women's Football Weekend. Yeah, I think Abby's pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Uh, especially she's saying how every weekend should be Women's Football Weekend, which I completely agree we shouldn't just have one weekend a year where we celebrate women's football. It should be a year-round thing and it shouldn't just be called women's football. It should just be called football because why Why should women be treated any differently to the men? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a good place to, to move on. Very sort of uh, determined fighting talk there from Alex as well. Uh, love that. <laughs> In, we're just going to look now at a couple of uh, other divisions where it's a really exciting 
sort of title racing start to the season. We always have a little look at Scotland because it's been really intriguing this year. Normally, Glasgow City run away with it, but they're not having the they're not having it their own way this season. It was a big Glasgow derby, the old firm derby this week and in the SWPL. And it was Rangers who came out on top. They won by a goal to nil, which means they moved five points clear of Celtic. Rangers remain top. Three points clear of Glasgow City, won 3-0 away at Hibernian. That means Hibernian are now on 15 points and 10 points behind Rangers. So it's looking like a three-horse race for the title. And over in Germany, in the Bundesliga, now both Bayern and Wolfsburg were the top two lost last weekend. And Wolfsburg on Friday night looked like they were heading for another defeat. They were 2-0 down to Eintracht Frankfurt. Lara Prasnika and Laura Freigang had given them the lead after just 20 minutes. But Dominique Janssen got a goal back. And then a player who's well-known to English fans, Jill Rode, she got the equaliser on 66 minutes. An injury time winner from Dominique Janssen meant that Wolfsburg were in second position and putting pressure on Bayern Munich. But... Bayern Munich in the end did come out winners also, which meant they stay two points clear. They won 2-1 away at SGS Essen, thanks to goal from Clara Bull and Jovanna Damniovic. So really exciting title race over in Germany as well, by the looks of it. Hoffenheim are in a joint second there on 16 points as well, with Leverkusen, Potsdam and Eintracht Frankfurt all just a point behind well, Abby and Alex, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been an exciting debut. Great debut as well from Abby. It was like <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on again. I've really enjoyed it. Like I've, I've got nothing else. Sam speechless. <laughs> Is that because you're in the presence of two award winners, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I need to up my game podcasting wise. Like, can't be the only one not winning awards. No, no, definitely not. Um, don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at TWFP1. And it's the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram. And if you do get a chance to go to a game next weekend, with it being International Week, especially in a men's game, get yourself out there and get yourself to a women's football game. Believe me, you will enjoy it. I've been Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for joining me and all being well. Liv Griffiths will be back next weekend. Until then, look after yourselves and have a great week.